0: podcast what's good fam hey today's episode absolute fire andy mara from north stafford high school in virginia she just absolutely gets it energy passion enthusiasm like the total package y'all and she's been putting on some virtual pep rallies that are absolutely insane super super cool y'all are gonna love today's episode thanks for listening chase your dreams kids What's up, guys? This is PC, and this is your Backstage Pass to the Green Room Podcast Series. What's up, guys? Hey, welcome to the Green Room Podcast Series. I'm joined today by an absolute rock star educator from North Stafford High School in Virginia. Andy Mara is with us here. Andy, how you doing today?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I am doing awesome. And so I've been to North Stafford a couple of times. I follow you on social media and I'm always just like, oh my gosh, like this lady absolutely rocks it. But then you guys held a virtual pep rally and you've held quite a few of them. But this one the other day that you had, it just worked out perfect timing wise for me to where I was able to catch it. And it just absolutely just blew me away. And so the first thing that I want you to talk about are those virtual pep rallies that you guys have been hosting. What goes into that? Like, what are some tips and some pointers for other schools that want to do something similar?
1: Well, we started out really small back in March with the pandemic. We, you know, we closed down like everybody else. We went on spring break and then we never came back. We still haven't returned to in-person learning. So um, a friend of mine, uh, she was a professional at the time. She's now a PE teacher at North Stafford. Uh, we were like, "What? What do we do? Like, we have to do something um, for these kids." So we got together in my basement, uh, mask on, in March in the pandemic, and literally just turned on our webcam, put a, a like dollar store backdrop up, a Amazon backdrop up, really, <laughs> um, and 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 went and just like turned on the webcam and went. And so we we've evolved. So if you're first starting, we really just started with a Google slide and um, went live. Um, we use Google, we're a Google school, so we went live through Google Meets um, and just, just kind of put together videos and pictures of things the students were doing and, and blasted it out to our school community, um, and really to highlight all the great stuff our, our kids were still doing, even though they were at home. And then as we got to the fall, we were like, the kids were really excited about them. I started teaching a leadership course, so the kids wanted to be involved and plan and and play the games like we normally do. North Stafford's known for like their big pet rallies. So I was like, all right, let's go guys. Um, one of my students was like, I figured out how to go YouTube live. And I was like, let's rock and roll with it. So the, the winter pet rally was our first YouTube live one, which is why um, other people outside of our school community like yourself could could watch. Um, and we just, we got together and um, it's me, like I said, um, a friend of mine, uh, Ms. Vavarchek and uh, one student and the three of us got together, planned out the slides. We worked with our leadership classes, planned some games, contacted some students and teachers to participate. And the technology end of things, like I don't even touch, <laughs> um, and that's a student. It's all ran by a student, which is amazing. Um, and he just he just gets tech and 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 did that all and was able for us to go YouTube live. And it was it was a lot of fun. And it was just it was just really taking what the kids are doing and, and highlighting it for everyone to see and contacting those different departments, so.
0: Absolutely. It it was so cool. And I'm not going to lie. Like I was standing here in my office watching it and I literally had tears running down my face just because people are struggling so bad right now with those connections and, and the lack thereof, right? And so to see what you all were able to execute um, the the recognition and the fun with the games. And you had the choir, you know, performing a song. Yeah. And and there was another student, I think, that performed. I can't remember if they were playing the guitar from their Mm -hmm. bedroom or something. And like it, it was just so cool how you were able to shine the spotlight, that recognition on so many different groups of people. Through a virtual platform and so just job well done on that to you, you and to your team it was it was absolutely incredible so you said that you teach a leadership class in addition mm-hmm. to that what else do you do at norstep
1: so this is my first year teaching um leadership um for the past two years i just taught algebra one so i've been the and one of the algebra one teachers so i still teach two sections of algebra one which my passion has always been math so I'm totally a math nerd <laughs> through and through. So like, I love that. And then uh, Dr. Hornick, our principal was like, hey, we really would like to see you, you know, do some stuff with the leadership classes because I've been working very closely with the pet rallies um, in my past two years that I've been there um, because I'm also the cheer coach. So with doing varsity cheer, we, you know, go hand in hand with pet rallies. So doing that kind of got me in that um, realm and then I went to a renaissance conference I think right when they they got me at north they took me to one down in Florida and I was just like okay yeah this is let's do some of this and incorporate it with math and you know now I love my job
0: (laughs) that's yeah that's I I always tell people with that renaissance conference it only takes once like you go to that thing one time and it's just (laughs) like Yeah, (laughs) it's been my entire life,
1: right? Yeah, I was like, how have I been teaching for three years and not known about this?
0: Exactly, exactly. And so you've talked about some of your pep rallies that are when they're obviously were physical and in person, and they are just insane. You've got the dancing deputy that comes out and 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 like, oh, my God, that guy can move. Yeah, way better than me. (laughs) Oh, my God. I just watch it and I'm like, god, that guy is smooth. And the kids just go crazy. And that's what's so cool to me.
1: Yeah. It's really like, I, like I said, I started at middle school, so it was really different than coming to high school. And I walked in, I the first pet rally at North I ever attended was the one where the deputy came out and danced for the first time. And I was like, what is this? Like, how can I get involved in this? And I was coaching cheer. And my, like my students were just like, coach Mary, you have to come see this. And I was like, okay, let's see it. Um, so that it was just like, that was definitely the event that totally changed my perspective of like, how do we incorporate just all of this into our daily education? And I just jumped right in at North. They already had a a solid, you know, Renaissance platform going on. And I hopped right in and I was like, how can I contribute to this? Because this is just, you know, something I really was passionate about.
0: I love it. So you said, so you've been teaching high school for a few years. You taught middle school before that. Mm -hmm. Why did you become a teacher? What influenced you to want to get into the field of education?
1: Um, I had an amazing uh, educator when I was in the sixth grade. Um, He taught English and I hate English. So it was just kind of funny because I went, you know, what, five years of my life, like complaining about English for forever. And then I come home one day when I start middle school, I was like, oh, my favorite class is English. My mom was like, what? (laughs) But um, he just totally had like, just change your perspective of education. He used to sing our spelling tests, like with his guitar out. Um, This was a really awesome guy. And really made me fall in love. And I was like, this is I if I can change this for another kid, like, you know, that's what I want to be when I grow up, like I want to be him. And um, so it was just, yeah, just one person that can totally change your outlook on life.
0: I love that. That's, that's so powerful. I want to talk about Dr. Hornick here for just a second, who is somebody yeah. who I think the absolute world of, just as a rock star, principal, um, administrator, and just a, a human being. Talk about the influence that he's made on you as an educator and then just on your staff as a whole and the importance of having a leader like that, who has your back, who believes in you, and, and who supports you.
1: I think you hit the nail on the head there. Like He definitely is somebody who believes in you. And it's like, I was very fortunate. I worked at a middle school in the county and I had an amazing principal who um, who really just like supported you. Seem really the same as Dr. Hornick. And I go to high school and I'm like, wow, you know, you have somebody who truly believes in you. He, the, the minute I joined North Stafford, he was like, you're coming to this conference. And I was like, what conference? Like I was saying, and he brought me to this Renaissance conference because he was like, I can see you doing this. I can see you making our school you know, this much better. And um, he he totally just supports all your passions. Like I'll I tell him all the time, like I'll call him or email him and say, like, hey Dr. Hornick, I have an idea. And he's like, Hold on, let me sit down. Cause sometimes my ideas are like way out there, and he'll tell them back or but he totally just supports you having an idea as a teacher. And I think that goes such a long way because you know, as teacher, you know, you're, you're an educator as well. And you just know, like, sometimes you just get bogged down in it all. It's like, you have your curriculum, you have your state test. And as a math teacher, like, that's what I've done my whole life. Like you teach your, you know, your, your curriculum and then you your test. And I, I teach a lot of students who struggle in math. Like that's my clientele that, you know, and I'm like, we can't do it this way. We have to change it up. So, you know, going to him and being like, I have to do something different. He's like, all right, let me hear it. Like, you know, what do you want to do? What can we do? And he just truly listens to your idea and then helps you like carry it out, which is just so powerful because I've grown so much as an educator in the past three years, just from literally just talking to him and then him listening and then saying like, "Yep, that's good to go. Like go and do it or here, let's fine tune these things together. Um, and get on it because he's he's very just so supportive of his staff
0: absolutely absolutely and so for a teacher that maybe struggles with I, I hear it all the time from teachers and from students of like my principal would never go for that I can't ever get any ideas to go past him all that kind of good stuff maybe a tip or two from an educator standpoint how do you approach an administrator when you have an idea, whether it's for your curriculum and something that you want to do in terms of your instruction in your classroom or just overall school culture and a a new idea that you want to try? what Some tips or some advice on that front?
1: Yeah, um, I think it's just like not being afraid to ask. Like you have to realize that, you know, it might be scary and they might say no, but you have to just put yourself out there like, you know, be super professional about it, send an email. I'm always very prepared when I go in for a meeting. Like, this is what I want to do, and this is why I want to do it. And this is why it's going to benefit our students in our school or our community or, or whatever it may benefit. Uh, when I taught at middle school, I, like I said, I had a, an awesome principal, but he wasn't a Renaissance guy. Like, it was that wasn't his um, background. And I went to him, I was like, I want to have a school wide pet rally. He was like, uh, well, we can't all fit in the gym. And then and there's all these logistics. And we did like sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade assemblies. There was a times where the two were combined. And I said, right before the state test, I just want to do the whole school together. And he looked at me like I was insane. And I was like, and everyone knew, like I went to like my little PLC and I was like, I, I think we're going to approach our principal with this. And they were like, good luck, good luck, good luck. And I sat down with them and he was, and he's the one who said to me like, well, why do you want to do it? What, how is this going to benefit our students? You know, what's the purpose of this event? Um, And I went and I said, those are great questions. I'm going to come back to you tomorrow and I'll have all those answers. So now when I go into a meeting, I know those answers. I know the why and the purpose. Um, And I think that just goes a long way because, you know, principals have so much going on in their day. I'm studying right now to become a principal um, in my master's program and you just, I think sometimes you don't even realize how much they're doing and you come to them with another crazy idea. It's like, okay, well, like we don't have the time for that. So I think if you have a lot of the details worked out, they are a lot more willing to be on your team with it.
0: I could not. Yeah. I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. Basically, you know, administrators, you're putting out fires just constantly. I mean, yeah, you have these crazy people like you and me that are coming in there (laughs) saying, what do you think about this you know and and that's very similar advice to what i always say is like yeah you've got to think it through you got to play the devil's advocate and think about what Mm -hmm. are the things that you know what are the negative aspects of it that we need to be prepared to be able to answer and and to rectify and i would always tell my principal i don't need you to do anything i'm not trying to put anything else on your plate i just need you to say yes and then (laughs) let me run right
1: yeah And, and that's dr hornick at first was like hold on. I don't know. Like, let me run through everything. And now he's just like, go for it. Like he now trusts me, but it took time because he doesn't like, you know, when you're first starting, like they don't know who you are, you know, and your ideas could be like one thing, but then it turns out to be something else. So.
0: Totally. Totally. So let's go back to your classroom and teaching math, which is a subject that in my experience, most kids either are really good at it Mm -hmm. or they really struggle with it. And they're just like, Oh, my God, I hate math or whatever. And you said that you work with a lot of the kids that really struggle with it. Mm -hmm. What are some strategies? What are some, you know, insights into how do you reach those kids and help them to be successful in math?
1: Yeah, um, for the past, this is my sixth year teaching. And for the for the most part, I've worked with um, students who typically struggle and I think just meeting them at their level, like realizing like I start the, like the, the first day off. I'm like, okay, who hates math? Like, let's go like put out on the table and you know, 95% of my class, like hands up, like pick me. I I don't like it. And, and I don't get offended by it. And I think that's really the difference and how we can reach these kids and meet them at their level. Like, I know I'm a math nerd and I love my subject, but I realize for kids, like, they might not be like academic based kids. They might be more into the arts or the music or, um, you know, we have so many programs at North, like they're like, I just want to go down to the auto body shop. I'm like, yeah, okay. I get that. So I think just realizing for kids that like, this might not be their passion and my job isn't to make it their passion, but I do have to teach them. And I tell kids that all the time, like my job is not for you to walk out of here and be like, I'm the next, you know, finance person or, you know, accountant. Like my job is to, you know, to teach you this and to teach you to be a better person and problem solving, not just like shove numbers down your throat. So that's how I really start the year of just kind of like understanding their side of of their struggles. Um, And then I just go into, I'm so fortunate I co-teach most of my classes and we really just break things down and, you know, work together. It's such a team effort and, you know, working with the students at smaller groups so that they can feel like their voice is heard and and their struggle is heard because I think the biggest thing is kids, they're struggling and if they don't feel like they're, they're like, you're validating their struggle, then they're just gonna check out pretty early on. So we try to break them in, into groups as small as possible and just really validate their struggle and say like, no, this is hard. You know, this is challenging, but we're gonna work together and we're gonna find a solution to your problem and and, and get to that answer together to build their confidence.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, you, you said so many things there, especially like with the small group type things and really breaking yeah. that down. And that gets into those foundation of relationships, right? And mm-hmm. giving them the opportunity to, yeah, to, to be heard and to feel like somebody sees them and understands that maybe they're not good at math, but man, she's doing everything in her power to put me in a position to be successful, right? And that, that goes a long way. Um, just, just that relationship and that belief, knowing that you believe in them the same way that Dr. Hornick believes in you,
1: yeah, believe and it definitely trickles down. Like when you have a like like you said, you have a principal that believes in you. Like it makes totally. you want to believe in your students and like get that community aspect. Because I mean, I have kids that, and I know you have, because I've listened to your t- talks that like you show up at their basketball game and they're like, "You came?" I'm like, "Oh, of course! I I come to all the basketball. Like it's no big deal for me, but like to them, it's like the world." Yeah. And you know, sometimes like I feel like COVID, like with this whole pandemic and like yeah. those things being taken away, like those are the relationships like I feel like I'm missing. And you know, the kids like don't see, they, they don't see that, you know, you, you exactly. show up and, and it's definitely that that's the part I think with educator, like I know personally, like I'm struggling with because yeah. you know, the, you don't get to see the kids in their like environment. You learn so much about a kid in their environment. You know, when they're at the basketball game and or they're at their concert, like you're like, okay, I got you now. Um, but when they're in your classroom, sometimes they're not as as themselves because they're not as comfortable. So, totally,
0: totally, teaching online has been extremely challenging. It's not something that the vast majority of us were prepared for. Like they don't, you know, it's not a college class on in case there's a <laughs> pandemic, right? You know, <laughs>
1: how um, to teacher Zoom. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. And, and teaching math can be challenging in and of itself. What are a couple of tips, a couple of tricks that over the last nine or 10 months that you figured out that have helped you to be successful over a virtual platform teaching math?
1: I just think keeping it simple. Like I, you know, you get bogged down in like the Pinterest world of things and the internet and like all the TikTok teachers out there that like are putting all these crazy things and amazing resources out there, but it can be overwhelming for like you as a teacher, but also for you as a student. So I've just, you know, we've built up to more like elaborate things you can say. But in the beginning, I, I just kept it simple. I started my year out by going to every student's house that I taught and dropping them off their own math binder complete with um, like open uh, notes that they could kind of follow along in class and keeping like some aspect of non-virtual still in that virtual setting and i got to meet all of them and, and just kind of introduce myself and explain a little bit about the class and that just set the whole year off um to a good start and like so we were out of notes after winter break so yesterday i we have asynchronous mondays so i spent the morning driving back around and, and visiting them all and, and dropping off their next unit of notes and they're like yes i'm like i've never ever seen a kid excited and i've only been teaching for six years i know that but excited to receive notes and when I'm telling you that like 50% of my kids were thrilled I was like what it like what is going on so they, they're just appreciating different things they are appreciating the the chance to write things down still and, and show their work and, and different things like that and I'm like we can't forget the basics keeping it simple and keeping the basics involved really helps those kids you know complete their their lessons and you know learn all the material so
0: totally so let's shift now to your leadership class which is so cool that you're getting the opportunity to teach that yeah. because like it's just a, like a natural fit for you
1: yeah it's so exciting. Outside,
0: outside of the virtual pep rallies which you guys are just crushing what are some other things that you guys have done to help to facilitate connections during this pandemic
1: well first of all I'm just blo- the kids are amazing I started the class like with like content on like how to be a good leader and qualities of a good leader and personality, and they were like, "No, we need to," like, "We need to plan a spirit week and we need to plan a you know a recognition day and it's coaches appreciation week." And I'm like, "Okay, well let's get all this stuff going." Um, so we had to like put some things aside. So um, they the things that they have really started and and things that we've kept up is they love um, doing appreciation videos. That's something that we've just really started and and kept going throughout the pandemic. So each national appreciation day or week we'll make a video tribute to coaches or teachers or cafeteria workers, or uh, we did a custodial video, a paraprofessional video. Um, And the kids get really into those and make signs or make little thank you videos. And they love to, we mesh them together, put some music to them. So that's been a lot of fun. And, you know, just kind of keeping faces to me, like, Names because a lot of the kids like no we have custodial workers, but they're not in the building to see them. And so it's kind of been really fun to do that. We've also um, continued our high five Fridays, which has been like, um, I'm not the only leadership teacher I uh, miss for Holland has a section and that's kind of been like a little competition between our classes. So every other Friday, one of our classes makes the high five Friday video. And they do like a little cheesy, like, you know, they have the high five hands or they now we're like using our pets and our siblings to high five. And so that has been a lot of fun. And we dress up in themes. So um, and they've reached out to other students and got just not just leadership kids involved, but different clubs and organizations. We did our virtual honors cafe this semester, which was a lot of fun to to recognize the students in the A&B honor roll, um, our pet rallies and spirit weeks and There's probably some other things that I'm just not thinking of now, but yeah, they, like I said, but most of it all is like student driven. They have an idea and I just help facilitate how we're going to make it happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Like, you know, like I said, you guys crush it even before the pandemic, you were crushing it, but just to watch all the cool stuff that you posted on social media, like the videos with the high fives. And th- I can't remember one of them was throwing a ball to, you would throw it and it, somebody else comes on the screen or something. And i was just like, man, you guys have it going on. Yeah. Let's we talk- met today
1: about our next one. And the kids were like, what if we toss our sibling? And I was like, well, okay, hold on. <laughs> I got <laughs> a little brother. It, I'm like, I'm like, let's pause on throwing our sibling across the screen. So they were like, okay, what about a hobby? And I was like, a hobby works better.
0: That'll work. That'll work. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So let's talk about, let's talk more about leadership. And in particular, your leadership, you said you're working on your master's degree to get into Mm -hmm. administration. That's a question that teachers ask all the time of how do I know I'm thinking about becoming an administrator, but I'm not sure if I want to do it. How do I know if I want to make that leap? What convinced you to want to go down this road?
1: Um, if you would have asked me at the beginning of my career, I would have said I never would go into administration. And then I started working for Dr. Hornick, and I saw that administration's not just um, like data and being the bad guy all the time. You know, in lack of better words, but you know, I, the, obviously you still have that piece. You still have to look at data. You still have to look at your school, but he focuses more on, on the Renaissance piece and rewarding kids and recognizing his staff, recognizing his students, being just such a present in the school presence in the school. And I'm like, you know, that to me is just making such a difference and not just like our my life as an educator, my coworkers' lives, but really in our students' lives. Like, I can't tell you how many kids that I talk to that are like, you know what, I, I miss Dr. Hornick, like not being in school and like, like, how's he doing? And I'm like, you know, that's really awesome for a kid, a high school kid, nonetheless, to like care about their principal. Um, And I just thought, you know, that's something I'd love to do and go into and, you know, be not just a principal that, you know, but that really just takes that Renaissance philosophy and really just embodies it within the school. So not anytime soon, but something in the future.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's one of those things like you never know like when those opportunities are going to present themselves. But yeah, you know, again, it's all about putting yourself in that position to be successful, which is what you're doing right now. So how much school do you have left?
1: Uh, this is the last semester. I start my internship on Monday with Dr. Hornick. So <laughs> it will sure be a busy spring, um, but it will be like really interesting, because we, we should start back hybrid in February. So oh. it will be like such great experience to see how that's going to play out and all the protocols are going to go. And then um, if all goes well, I graduate in May.
0: Oh, that is awesome. So, well, congratulations yeah. <laughs> on that. That's that's big time. So we've talked about all these million things that you have going on at school, but what do you enjoy doing in your own spare time, in your personal time? Like what what fills your tank?
1: Um, really coaching. I miss coaching so much. We haven't, we haven't had any sports in Virginia, well in Stafford County yet. So usually by now I'm like well into the basketball season and, and we just finished comp season. So I will say the pandemic was a little rough at first because I just devote like so much of my time. You can ask my girls, like I, I love coaching. So I, you know, cheer has been my life for years. So not to have that has been a little rough, but I, I've like learned like to have personal time and free time I you know I did a lot of puzzles and like went for a lot of walks <laughs> and I'm like whoa what people get home from work before like eight o'clock at night like what do you do with yourselves <laughs> you know watch some tv like learn some new shows like every, watch movies that everyone would make fun of me before for never seeing so I caught up on like life like pop culture and life that people you know normal people do that don't devote their like lives to their jobs so Um, yeah, so that's been fun, but I, I do, I really do miss, miss coaching. So hopefully fingers crossed, we're having tryouts next week and all goes well. And, you know, everything's safe enough for the kids to come back, but it it will be a different year, but I'm still be excited to see, to see the the kids come back and and do something they love. So
0: on that note, that's a, that's a great topic to talk about is so with your cheerleaders and they've missed, you know, the whole fall semester, and there's yeah. you know, a lot of people all around the world that maybe they didn't have a football season or they're not having a basketball season, those types of things. And I can't remember who it was that said this. I, I want to say it was Mike Wolf, who works on the yearbook staff um, with Jossens. But he said, even though we don't have a basketball season, we still have a basketball team and we still have basketball players, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're still, even though we're not cheering at games, they're still cheerleaders and they're still people. What have you done to help those individuals on that cheer team just to maintain some positivity, a positive outlook and like that the world isn't ending.
1: Yeah. I will say as a coach like that has been like my biggest struggle because when we stopped, we just had our banquet. So we just finished our season and, you know, graduated our seniors, which I'm so glad we had the opportunity to do, but we were a month out from tryouts. So, you know, we're getting ready. We're conditioning. For our season so right now it's so difficult because we have a lot of you know interest in cheer but we don't have a defined team yet um so we've just been putting out workouts and we've done conditionings we did virtual conditionings in the spring we've done in-person conditionings in the fall in the summer um when we were allowed you know when all the protocols worked but it's it's definitely been challenging i keep in contact with my um my kiddos and they inspire each other They, they did like some TikTok challenges with me. They thought I was lame, but you know, I was like, come on guys, like, like prove me wrong then, you know, like d- do it better than I can. And then they, they did some tumble competitions in their front yard and I didn't mix that a little bit. Cause I was like, I don't want anyone getting, getting hurt. But, <laughs> but overall, I mean, it's just really been keeping in contact with them and I am every pretty much every other day, I'll get an email or a message on remind saying coach Mara, do you think we're going to have a season? And I'm like, Guys, I'm helpful, you know, and and just keep practicing your skills because one day we're going to be back in the gym. And when we're back in the gym, you want to be exactly where you left off. And there's a lot of things you can do at home, and you just want to keep practicing your skills. And for the most part, you know, my athletes are and and they're excited and they're ready to be back in the gym, but they're also they they understand though too. Like they understand why we're at home, and you know, they're doing everything they can to 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 be ready whenever that yeah. time comes hopefully Monday. (laughs) Right,
0: right. It's like fingers crossed. That's that's all that you can do. Your energy, your positivity is infectious. And that's not to say that you don't have times when you struggle because we all do. Right. Um, But you, I call it flipping the switch. You have to be able to flip the switch and you turn it on and you bring it. And every time that I see you, every time I interact with you, (laughs) you're able to do that. What inspires you? What motivates you? How, how are you able to do that?
1: my kids totally inspire me. Like, I will say I had every teacher struggle of like the last day of break, like those Sunday feels that we all had, like everybody, you know, every educator had like, I got to come back to sitting in front of a computer, especially if you're virtual and like looking at bubbles, like not even all my kids turn on their cameras. So like that was tough. And then, but the first day back, I mean, like once I saw even their little like circles, like it sounds so silly, but like, once I saw their like, little initials. And I'm like, okay, like, and they're excited. You know, they ask me all the time. Oh, how was your break? How was your break? How was your break? And I'm like, I watched Netflix, like the whole, like it was so boring. I have nothing that like great to report to you, but they, you know, wanted me to tell them that I traveled to France and like, you know, had this elaborate break, but I don't. Um, so just, you know, the kids really just keep me going. I have some fantastic kids I've worked with over the years some of my cheer babies that have been with me for four years, they, you know, their excitement to get back into the gym. Like I just, it will keep me as many times that I'm like, you know what, like, let's just call the season quits. Like, and then they'll message me and say, Hey, I just, I learned this skill or I, you know, I, I just did my indoor workout and I'm like, yep, we're going to keep going. And we're going to put the smile on. And we're going to keep trucking through, um. And same with like leadership. I mean, that really this year really kept me and being able to do all the events and like we started a podcast as well. And it was just, it was just stuff that was fun and and their ideas and seeing their energy gives me energy and so on. So yeah, Yeah.
0: totally spot on. Tell, Tell us about the podcast.
1: Oh yeah, we started that, that was um, it kind of last spring, we did a, a se- segment called Real Talk Tuesdays. We were inspired by the Harbor videos from Mike Smith. Yeah. So um, our kids were watching those and they were like, we wanna talk more about them. We were doing a lot of the discussion questions that they had done. And um, we developed like little videos of just conversations, like recording Zoom meetings, uh, Google Meets, and just kind of recorded the conversation and gave it to our student body. And then this year, my leadership kids were like, well, we don't really want to watch one more video. So can we like make it a podcast? Because like podcasts are cool. And I was like, let's do I and at that point, I had never listened to a podcast before. I will be honest. Yeah. So I researched your podcast was the first podcast I listened to. So that was pretty cool. And I was like, okay, let let me do my research. I'll figure out what what the idea of this is. And we just started talking about, you know, real issues, especially with being online, just because that's such a prominent thing for our students right now because they haven't been back they left for spring break on March 12th and they haven't been back yet at all not in any hybrid setting so for them like just having a platform to talk about their struggles with that we've talked a lot about mental health because that's been really huge you know just making sure kids have have an outlet to talk to they can submit questions via email and we kind of address them we've talked you know, with some seniors just to get their perspective on how their senior years go in. So just really a platform for kids to to voice their opinions and, and talk about, you know, real issues that are, they're facing in their daily lives.
0: That is so cool. I love it. And the best part to me is that it's student driven and it's student led. Like, yeah, that's where the magic happens. I mean, you know that like I'm preaching to the choir here, but that's where the magic happens. Just, totally. Like as good. an
1: educator, I just view myself as a facilitator. Like You facilitate all the student yes. magic. To them, and, what, and they need help. They really do. They have all these ideas, but they just need some guidance. And once they have that guidance, like they're rocking and rolling.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, Andy, you are a phenomenal person, phenomenal educator, and you're going to be a phenomenal administrator one day. I have absolutely no doubt. I just thank want to you. say thank you for your time. I know how busy you are with, obviously, you just shared a million things going on <laughs> in your world. So thanks for taking the time to be on the show today. And thanks for all that you do for the world of education.
1: No, thank you for having me on. It's truly an honor. I look up to you and a lot of the other people at Justin's Renaissance. So thank you so much. Keep inspiring us, you know, other educators, because I mean, I, I think it's, you guys do so much and every conference I go to, it's like, okay, the the fire has just been relit. So thank you so much for all you do and, and for having me on here.
0: Awesome. And keep Mr. Hornick in line over there, Dr. Hornick in line for us all.
1: <laughs> I will. I definitely That's will.
0: Full-time job, right?
1: <laughs> Yes, definitely. (laughs)
0: Awesome. Have a good one. You too. Guys, you've been listening to the Green Room Podcast series. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoy the podcast, if you do me a huge favor, if you would rate it, subscribe to it, and then share it with a fellow educator that you think might enjoy it as well. Chase your dreams, kids.